0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to the party, pals! Anyway, hi, I'm Ashley.
1: And I'm Aiden. And I'm Travis.
0: <laughs> and welcome to another episode of All Out of Bubblegum, our Patreon-exclusive show to all you beautiful motherfuckers out there! I can say that.
2: You know, for one of these, we should do it <laughs> Mo Larry, and, Harley. And, and And
0: you are. You are a bunch of beautiful motherfuckers. I love you all.
1: Your mom's a Mo. Why am I mo? I take curly shit.
0: I'll be shemp. <laughs> I like shemp better anyway.
1: Oh no, you're a mo.
0: <laughs> How am I a mo? I'm not smacking you guys around all the time. If anybody's a mo, well, not, you're a mo. You
1: don't do it while we're recording. <laughs> you don't hit them where they can see the bruises.
0: Actually, London would be a mo.
1: She does. Like she
0: literally just goes and smacks me on the ass all the time for no reason.
1: Yeah, I've been whacked in the back of the head a couple times.
0: Yeah,
2: Actually, a few
1: times a day.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Actually,
1: I, I can't be a, <laughs> a stooge because none of them had a beard. <laughs> That's fair.
0: So, anyway, we are here today, glorious or non-glorious, however you prefer, however you want to look at it, Christmas season, to discuss our third fucking John McTiernan film in this show.
1: I think you're biased.
0: I think you might be right.
2: I think nothing about this is glorious because I'm sitting here in a Tommy Bahama shirt and jeans. What what was that that got to do with the price of eggs? You you said this glorious Christmas time. There's nothing glorious about this.
0: (laughs) Are you Uh, trying I I just don't know where your shirt falls into
2: that. I look like hobo adjacent almost. I'm, I'm a mess. Okay. I feel
0: like a mess. I at feel like like goose right now maybe, but not <laughs>
1: a mess. Also not a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Should be.
0: But at Playin any rate, with the we are here to discuss the 1988 Christmas classic that is Die Hard. And I don't think the question today is, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Because yes, it is. Yes, it is. I think the question here today is, is Die Hard perhaps the best Christmas movie ever?
2: There is no contest to this. Like that, seriously,
0: I think on his trailers, maybe it was on his trailers, said that this was the greatest Christmas movie of all times. And they said, yeah, we're looking at you. It's a wonderful life.
1: <laughs> yeah they they did they did do that
0: which to be fair i've only seen it's a wonderful life one time it's too depressing
1: i i don't know that i've ever seen it
0: your mom made me watch it's kind of it. like a
1: christmas story i don't think i've ever actually seen oh, the whole thing
0: damn i really uh, love a christmas story i don't think
1: i've ever seen the whole thing yeah, and, and kind of along that same vein this is the first time i've ever watched die hard front to back
0: it was which is
1: crazy because yes. this is like the quintessential dude movie and i'd never actually watched the whole thing even before. as a quintessential dude
0: yeah, like last month when I announced that we were gonna be doing this film, I think you audibly groaned.
1: Yeah, I did. <laughs> Boy Do you were you still wrong.
0: feel the same?
1: Um No. It was good. The answer Is it good? No, no that's not my answer. You see Mo <laughs> Anyway. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. We'll poke your eye out. Um, it's it's a good movie. I don't know what the rewatch value is for me. Um, it's not one like there. There have been action movies before where it's as soon as the credits roll, I'm like again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, this was not that movie. But
0: you're all out alone in the cold. On this. <laughs> yeah. You are alone in your opinion, man. I
1: know. Um, but it's one like if you said, "Hey, I want to watch Die Hard." You know, six months from now, I'd be like, yeah, I'll probably sit through that again with you. He probably it, it is also a little doesn't over, like
0: Forrest Gump.
1: It is a little over two hours long. So it's a long movie. Yeah. Um, and it's not like Gremlins were about halfway through it. I think you looked at me and you were like, this is a really long movie, isn't it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I had to look it up. Um, but this one, you, you get borderline on there where you're like, eh, this movie's kind of long. And then you, you get know?
2: shoved into, like, uber I don't, awesome action scenes.
0: I don't you feel, didn't, but I did. I don't feel the length of this one.
1: I'm not touching <laughs> what she said.
0: That's what she said.
1: <laughs> Our son is in the room. Yes.
0: I'm just saying that they're... They- Well, first and foremost, this is usually a me and Aiden movie. We have made this our Christmas tradition to sit and watch it together.
2: Once a year, every year. Yeah,
0: because we had kept bringing up that thing, you know, we'd heard it in pop culture throughout, you know, is it a Christmas film? Is it not a Christmas film? And so Aiden and I decided that we were going to be the judge of that and sat down and watched it together and we were like, not only is it a Christmas film, it's a fucking awesome movie.
2: (laughs) Okay, but like half of the dread of our main character and Al is just man it's christmas eve
1: i shouldn't be here
0: i wasn't even supposed to (laughs) be here today (laughs) i was
1: about to say so this is what happens when you let two people watch clerks that don't normally watch clerks and then they're like hey the third one's up and you really wanted to watch it so let's watch it then they run around for the next week going you weren't even supposed to be here today you weren't
0: fair we've been saying that long before clerks three came out
1: yeah (laughs) pretty sure the original clerks dante wasn't even supposed to be there today (laughs) That's a spoiler. I'm sorry. <laughs> How many was it? Like thirty something? No, I just, like I said, it's a good movie. I appreciate the fact that that uh, Bruce uh-huh. Willis.
0: And if you look out your window into the left, you'll
1: see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: we're gonna to be touching down we'll be touching down in uh <laughs> so 30 minutes
1: the weather is uh yeah so yeah it's too uh, bad you have
0: bad eyesight and you're afraid of flying yeah say <laughs> so, when are you getting your I'm pilot's like license
1: places? i'm not it's not gonna happen <laughs> uh, bruce willis what, what the fuck is his name john, john wayne john mcclain
0: john motherfucking
1: mcclain john wayne and john mcclain rhyme yes Anyway, uh, I like it that he's sort of the everyman, kind of. I mean, not really, because he's a New York cop that knows how to handle a submachine gun, and that's not something that they probably learned how to do, or at least not that they learned how to do in the 80s. Yeah. But he's adept with it, yeah. somehow. Uh, but he's not like your larger-than-life Stallone or Arnold-type character. Well, he actually gets Although I understand that Arnold was approached for this role. Yeah. And they even started trying to write it around him, and they were like, nah, this won't work with Arnold. He yeah. would just pick the building up and drop it on him in the movie's <laughs> Well, open. here's the
0: thing do i feel like arnold could have done it oh yeah absolutely he's done plenty of those types of roles but i think that it brought something more endearing to it almost for the fact that it is just an everyman and he has some humanity which is something we don't see very often in these types of films
1: so i think the difference is is that if it had been arnold arnold would be like was a bad guys and i must go vanquish them right Mm -hmm. in very conan the barbarian (laughs) fashion um but you you kind of feel it with Bruce Willis's character that he's just like I don't want to be here now. Yeah, I don't want to do this. Well, yeah. like like but I'm the only one who can do this, so yeah. I guess I kind of have to. Yeah,
2: but like he gets he's, down to like four smokes, and he's actually like, ugh, that wouldn't work well, with like, Arnold through the whole thing. Like
1: even yeah. after he gets his feet cut up and he's in the bathroom, and he's like, god damn. I don't know what I got left. I was going to say, I've seen
0: you, like you yourself, do the thing where there's something you really don't want to do or be a part of, but you're just... (sighs) fuck and, and then, then he, do it and then yeah. go do it. And that's what i love about his character yeah. yeah
1: he's a lot he's probably the most real action hero that you've, yes. you've mm-hmm. seen in 1988 this is the most real action hero you've seen so far
0: i feel like it is because he doesn't have his muscles to rest on like arnold mm-hmm. he doesn't have the martial arts experience that jean-claude van damme does
2: he's just crafty and intelligent yeah so, so much so that one of my favorite scenes in this movie is an example of that
0: yeah, and even Stallone, to some degree, while he's still not got the same stuff as those other two have, he still feels larger than life, still. He well, still feels superheroish. That's
1: because, you know. by, at this point, in 1988, you've seen him be the world heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Right, and you've seen him be the most highly decorated Green Beret right. in the history of the army. And take yeah. down
0: an eight-foot Russian. Right. <laughs> after so, 20-some-odd rounds. Yeah. I mean,
1: Yeah, like, it's, it's. I think I made this point before. There are some things that you can cast those guys in, and there's some things where they don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, When it's sort of a, you're going to hate this term, when it's sort of a throwaway movie, Mm -hmm. where you're going to cast this big guy and people are going to walk in and it's just kind of a dumb turn your brain off thing. That's Arnold. Those guys work for that, both of them. They both can be. Arnold and Stallone both, because at no point do you walk into that movie thinking that they are legitimately going to be in danger no in any way shape or form and so you put an Arnold or a Stallone in a situation like this at no point do you ever doubt that they're going to win
2: right but it's, like, it's like a Batman like, or
1: a Superman movie they're like good this. like at the end of it and I would say that at this point now you know looking mm-hmm. back in Bruce Willis's career you don't watch Die Hard even me mm-hmm. watching it really for the first time look at it and go oh he might not make it yeah right but 1988 there he was, he was on Moonlighting and mm-hmm. this was his first action mm-hmm. role so there was doubt there probably for people watching it like yeah. oh, if he's going to come out the other end of this because he just wasn't that bigger than life character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't. I, th- I think that's what I said before. You you get there's a sense of danger you get with the everyman that you just don't get with an Arnold or a Stallone because you never doubt their ability mm-hmm. to win.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, because like with the uh, with the scene where he's like getting trapped under the table and getting chased to the edge of it with like what like with John McClane, I didn't know he was going to make it out. With Arnold, I'm just waiting for whenever he gets tired of this and flips the table. Right. Like right. At some point, he's just going to get tired of playing around. And right.
1: And with both of those guys, the way they write those characters. So the Predator uses his shoulder cannon and it, it melts a hole right through Jesse Ventura. It blows, yeah. it blows Carl, Carl Weathers' arm off.
0: It turns Max <laughs> he, head into cranberry sauce. He
1: hits Arnold Square in the chest and Arnold's like, fuck you. He, he gets like a mild sunburn. He's... Like, he's going to need some solar cane for that. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Stallone was dipped in mud and had leeches scraped off and electrocuted and shot, and he was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to rip this machine gun off the side of a helicopter and kill the entire Russian army with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay, America fuck the communists. like he, right. So. <laughs> they were made but of Bruce, stone, man. But Bruce Willis is not that guy, and mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. Um, he bled his own blood. A lot of it. A lot. A like, lot. And that's the other thing that's weird about this movie that's not in others, is that by the time the hero makes it to the end, they're covered in blood. And none of it's theirs. Mm-hmm. In this one, he gets to the end and he's covered in blood and most of it's his. Yes. Most of it. Not all. Most of like it. Like, he's been through the ringer. Even his wife looks at him at the end and she's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And to be fair, because like. he looks like he's been through yeah, it. Yeah. Like, he, he looks, looks p- like he's been shot at and blown up and gone through a window. <laughs> yeah. So, well, he walk, looks,
0: walking through glass.
1: Yeah. He looks like pale. Like, he looks ba-
2: basically anemic at just how much blood he's lost, the damage he's, he's like. He's, he looks rough. He's
1: barely still on his feet. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I brought up, but, which I don't know if Travis agrees with me i did bring up the fact i was like you know what i think that he may be the only guy that i've ever seen take this much fucking abuse in an action film (laughs) yeah
2: at least that much see like Oh, like, well, like much abuse about, that you can see. By the
0: time you get to Arnold fighting whoever he's going to fight, he's usually not evenly matched. No. I mean, unless you're talking about in the case of the Predators, then yes, he was pretty evenly matched. But if you're talking about the Bennett from Commando, or you're talking about fucking James Khan in Eraser, he doesn't, <laughs> never really has anybody who matches him equally. Yeah. So
1: I would say though, the difference there is that a lot of the stuff that does happened to arnold in his movies should have killed him yeah but the way they write his character he's got that peck armor mm-hmm. and he does not take the damage that he should have or right. would have yeah and in this one when he got shot he got shot yeah and he acted like he got shot yeah yeah, yeah. and and Arnold's like son of a bitch you shot me yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: well because Arnold could like get shot and then be perfectly fine after like that's exactly my point yeah well like he'll get shot and actively do like little rock titty dance as he's getting shot nothing will change well was
1: it uh, Rambo was it First Blood Part 2 or no it's the first one Rambo is First Blood Mm -hmm. where he actually does get shot goes into a cave digs the bullet out dumps the powder out of a cartridge carterizes the wound with gunpowder he stitches
0: himself up too
1: sews himself up and then goes on to yeah. kill everyone Brian Denny he's ever met in his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. So like yeah, he got shot, but he didn't never act like he got shot. Right. Yeah. He acted like he got like bit by a mosquito. He like, was inconvenienced He was like yeah.
0: fucking Nick Cage getting shot in the arm in Connor it's and like, he just walks through the fucking bullet.
1: He a mildly inconvenienced. He's like Ben Stiller in fucking Dodgeball. You made me bleed my own blood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> just pissed him off but anyway yeah we've been talking about this for a minute um
0: that's what we're supposed to do but but
1: yeah and i I do i do appreciate that about him and i appreciate the fact that he used his brains Mm -hmm. yes more than just like i'm gonna muscle through it yeah and like
2: one of my favorite scenes of that is that there's a moment where he meets the big bad uh, guy of the movie and he's not sure who the guy is so rather than hand him this fully loaded pistol he actively makes sure that he's handing him an empty one
1: yeah well i mean and it had there were bullets in the clip, but he never chambered around. But it looked like he No, because the guy the guy pulls the trigger twice. It was flat empty. Well, that's because it's recoil operated. So if it didn't fire on a round the first time, it's mm-hmm. not going to chamber around the second time you pull the trigger. So that's what it is. He he the pipe was empty when he handed him the gun. Yeah. But he made it look good. Um and so I guess that's the other part about this movie that I, I decided I do like is that it would not have been as good. No matter how good Bruce Willis's John McClain was, it wouldn't have been the same movie without an equally good villain. Yes. Yeah, for him to play Oof. off of, Speaking and Alan of... Rigman, sadly um, he did pass away. But the yeah. sad part, other than that, is that uh, this movie caused him to get typecast, and this was his very first actual film. Yeah, he never played anything other than a villain that I can think of. Actually, was, Severus had a really he, touching well, moment. I, to I, the, I, I get that. Hallows, yeah. But for the I first, in s- Love
0: Actually, I don't think he was a bad guy in that film. But either. But for
1: the first seven movies, he was a bad, a bad guy. Right? Yeah. Or an antagonist, maybe it not a bad one. So guy.
0: fucking well. Twigly Down Under,
1: he's a bad guy. Like every... Robin Robin Hood. Hood. He's a bad guy. Yeah. He played a spectacular villain, and for this to be his first ever film... Holy shit.
0: Holy shit.
1: Like, you're... How do you do that? Like, you show up and you're like, well, my first role, I was a, I had a small little part over here. And he shows up and he's like, I was Hans Gruber. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
2: I was the antagonist of well, Die so Hard. You're gonna, I don't know. Uh, you're just okay. going to whip
1: out your I win card right here at the beginning. <laughs>
0: so maybe this is me, I don't know, maybe making a stereotype or, or something. But I'm thinking, I can't help but think of Doug Bradley in this situation, too, where Hellraiser is his first film. And he was a stage actor before he got Hellraiser. And But there's just something about british actors that they just bring gravitas to whatever they're doing i don't know why that is so to me alan rickman had that same thing where yes it's his first film but you fucking feel that shit
1: he has charisma out the wazoo like well What was it that I forget who it was that said it? Is it, uh, stage makes you good, movies make you famous, TV makes you rich? Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman started out in, on stage, yeah, yeah. Actually, he was he did graphic design, like mm. that was his first thing. He didn't go mm-hmm. to, to acting school or whatever until he was in his late 20s or something yeah. like that, so
0: yeah, it's just um, for that to be your first performance. But,
1: but yeah, he was a stage actor. Yeah. That's and that's amazing. He made it a great villain.
0: Because yeah, so. the, the character of Hans is highly intelligent and- He is that's... an
1: actual threat to our protagonist throughout the entire movie.
0: Yes. Right.
1: And you know, you get your unsung hero. Argyle. <laughs> uh, Winslow.
0: <laughs> Winslow.
1: <laughs> no, I can't, he's the guy from- Reginald
0: Vell Johnson. Urkel, yeah. Yeah, Reginald Vell Johnson, <laughs> who everybody knows is- is uh, Carl Winslow from Family Matters? Yeah,
1: Family Matters. That's the name of the
0: show. Yeah, there. I feel like there's a lot of, or at least a couple of, unsung heroes in this film. Yeah,
1: but I really like the interaction between him and Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. well, they liked the radio banter.
2: Yeah, they were just two beat cops hashing it out while one of them was busy. Like,
1: right, right. And let's be honest, um, he probably drew royalties off of this movie for a long time. He oh, oh making yeah. Making Family Matters, and oh, like, oh, yeah. And they were like, okay, so you're another cop, and all you <laughs> have to do is stand here and talk to him on the radio. Yeah.
0: Yeah. like we're yeah. not going
1: to ask you to run or do anything else. Just talk. Well,
0: he did have his one scene where the his squad car gets all the way fucked yeah. up.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm with you. Where he drives but like he's in
2: GTA Five.
1: I I feel like that interaction over the radio between. Uh, Willis well, and Vel Johnson. Mm-hmm. I feel like that added to the movie.
0: Well, that's that's where I was. One one of the reasons I love this film so much, like I said, is because there's humanity in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the when they're not talking about the situation at hand, they're learning about each other at mm-hmm. the same time about their jobs, their children, their love lives. Like they're they're forming a <laughs> bond throughout this series of events. There's
2: a moment where Bruce or where uh, John McClane says. What do they put in these things anyway? As he's talking about a Twinkie, and uh, when Winslow proceeds to list out or what I can't remember what the character (laughs) Al, that's right, Al, Al lists out like all of the nutritional facts on the back of a
1: Twinkie. No, no, no. He's he listed the ingredients. Twinkies have no nutritional facts. (laughs) That's true. true. They just have ingredients.
0: But I, I guess uh, to, to hop over to me for a minute about mm. about that, you guys are talking about, and yes, the the main reason we love John McClane is because he is a badass, but I like that there's more layers to his character in that, and, and I'll just say that I like the side that pleads to his humanity a little bit more because not only is he a badass and can withstand a whole lot of fucking pain, but he's also fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love that his, his answer to everything is usually, a sarcastic comment yeah um i love that he's intelligent but i also love that he's going through this thing with his estranged wife and he's not ashamed to tell people his feelings about his wife like there's, there's one scene in particular where he is crying because he thinks he's going to die. He's not going to make it. And you mm-hmm. tell my wife, like she's heard me tell her I love her dozens of times, but she's never heard me say, I'm sorry. And he's crying. And that, that part gets to me every time. Like that's, that's just not something you would ever see Arnold do or Van Dam do. That's, you know, Rocky maybe because Rocky did really love Adrian. And, and that was all throughout that series. It's just not commonplace in these types of films. And I love that they, tried to do something different with with the character. Yeah.
2: Arnold doesn't cry.
1: Tears cry him.
2: (laughs) It's the other way around for that.
1: (laughs) Um, No, and that's... I think that does lend to the character of John McClane is... That the the first you really don't get a lot of interaction between him and his wife Mm-mm. um. but that first when you get the feeling that, like he's still in love with her he still wants yes. to be married with her and she's very much focused on her career
2: yes mm-hmm.
1: Um. and I'm not saying that that's not important so this is not like a I'm not trying to say anything I'm just like he's clearly still invested in that relationship like very invested in that relationship and at any point I feel like during the movie he could have just said I'm out he could have left and he could have gotten out
2: mm-hmm. he could have just right. called Hog. Her- like I'm gonna leave out the front door. Just leave. Right, I'm room. gonna no, head
1: out. He wouldn't have yeah. even had to tell anybody. Like they didn't even know he was in the damn building. Right. Mm-hmm. Like after he killed the first guy, he could have seriously just like busted out a second floor window and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And walked away from all of it. But he stayed. <laughs> he could have climbed into Al's car and left. But like... I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you want to say he was trying to stay and so save his wife. She was in she was in danger.
0: I don't know that it would have mattered that his wife was there. I got I just from... think
1: it made it more important to him because she was there. Yeah. He probably would have stayed with all those other people, but. Yeah yeah it increased his sense of duty his sense of urgency was definitely yeah. heightened yeah because she was there
0: they did it's not i i don't think that i got that she didn't love him and didn't want to make it work too i think this was just a huge opportunity for her and she wanted him to come along but he didn't want to
1: mm-hmm. well but he yeah he
0: said he had a backlog of perps he said he, said he had a whole away.
1: bunch of stuff that he needed to get done
0: yeah, yeah. Like he had things that he
2: felt he needed to get done before he
0: left
1: well yeah so they're both so placing importance a, on their careers if he had a backlog log of perps then he had bad guys that he was trying to get yeah. get locked up so they both had career stuff yes. going on i, I, I get yeah. it um yeah <laughs> i don't know um, I, d- I just don't feel like I don't feel like we would ever make that decision that well we're just going to separate and you're one of us is going to move across the country and the other to is, do that yeah and the other is going you know to I mean? work
2: yeah. well yeah and then the other is going to work all day while a um, Hispanic housekeeper watches our only child
0: two children Sorry,
1: two, two kids. children I don't know that just I don't that that felt weird to me yeah I mean, do people do that what like well we're going to move and like live across the country from each other because I've got a, one of them has a career that they want to pursue so they just separate over that is that mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Neither one of us would do that.
1: That's what I'm saying. One of us would just be like, "Okay, let's go." I I don't know.
0: Um, yeah.
2: But <laughs> so we kind of skipped over the other unsung hero of this film, the Argyle,
0: <laughs> the Argyle. I
1: know you want to talk about Argyle.
0: I'm sorry. I he think wasn't Argyle even, might be your favorite character in the whole film. He wasn't
2: even supposed to be there today. <laughs> Like, all the man was worried about was getting some and getting paid. Like, that was all he was worried about the entire movie. But even when he could have left, even when he could have just like, nope, I'm out, he stayed there to the end for no reason other than to help Bruce.
1: Okay, you're totally wrong. Um, he did try to leave to find out that the gates were down and he couldn't get out. He was trapped in that basement.
2: That is wrong. He No, literally at the end, he bust through those things. Right. Like, but, a car can do
1: that. He knew a car in the beginning, he did not know that he needed to do that. Yeah. Like, but
0: even so, he rose to the occasion. He yes. did.
1: He did. At the very end, he punched out Walker, Texas Ranger's sidekick. <laughs> and? Right? Don't
2: hold on. <laughs> and he, he took a teleporting ambulance out of commission. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs>
1: He did. And that is something funny when they when they come rolling up and I didn't notice that until we saw it on that whatever. Cinemasins. Um, the same yeah. van that all thirteen yeah. of those guys piled out of.
2: They fit an entire ambulance in there. Is it
1: somehow there was an ambulance in there too? Yeah. That we didn't see. Right. I don't. But yeah. Don't you love continuity errors? Like... <laughs> story. Mm-hmm. We've kind of already talked about. We, cast. we really,
0: we really have already kind of talked about the story too.
1: <laughs> yeah, more or less. Man gets trapped in building. Fights. So, acting
2: wise, I feel like amazing.
0: Everybody was on their fucking. They were this. all good. Yeah. Even the most
2: even annoying, cocaine guy. I would say even the most annoying character in this movie played his character well. well. See,
0: I, I was having this thought, you know. I was like, okay, yes, I have been theoretically sucking McTiernan's dick because I love all of his movies that I have seen thus far. I know that I have more in the catalog to go, but even though he's just directing and not writing, it still seems like he won't take a film or direct a film unless it is intelligently written because if you think about predator same thing that's a very good story very well written um last action hero it it's very smart and intelligent and mocking what its source material is so it just seems like i don't know that i've seen a bad film of his
1: well, I think what it is is because there's always rewrites. You know what I mean. So whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the script starts out as, that's not. I, I don't. I, I don't think that's ever what actually ends up on screen. And I know that the directors and whatever they all get involved with that. So I think yeah. what it is is you know, he takes a story that already has potential and kind of puts his own brand on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason they'll end up kind of similar. And his brand is really a, good, <laughs> not necessarily in a bad way. No, but like all of his movies seem to incorporate like some kind of uh, like clever humor. Yeah, you know, sarcasm, Shane Black tone. Yeah pussy jokes right something yeah Um, but he always seems to find a way to work some humor into his action movies yeah uh, even if it's like a darker humor yeah but it works i mean it's worked in all the ones we've covered so far
0: yeah so i don't know it's just i just thought that was kind of a strange coincidence i'm like i love at least these three films and it's because there is something in all three of those films that i feel like makes them stand out a little bit from the typical meathead action films Yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know maybe i'm alone in that
2: well I mean, like, uh, like with art, or like with um, Predator, like there was more than just the action and horror. Like those characters had character, and I feel like that's kind of the difference in a lot of the McTiernan movies. Is just that his characters have character. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the acting fall flat. I haven't seen a character that I just flat out didn't like. His his characters are well played. So at the very least, he's good at picking they, people for the job.
0: There's always almost, like I said again, some kind of humanity shown. Because yeah. in Last Section Hero, Arnold has that big moment of realizing my entire life has been a lie and having to deal with that and then in Predator, you have the touching scenes between this brotherhood and then losing those guys and how that feels to the other guy. Like, I just, yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't explain it.
1: See, to me, the thing that separates his from the other ones is the humor element, like you get in Die Hard. Because most action movies that are out there, um, you get the action and you get some drama.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But
1: that's usually about it. Yeah. Um, to kind of go back to First Blood, like, there's nothing funny in that movie. Mm-hmm. No. It's a great movie movie yes but there's nothing funny about it it's very dark yeah it's
0: very sad if you
1: look at first blood part two a lot of action a lot of drama a lot of sad it's it's a very sad movie i mean (laughs)
2: very sad man you get a
1: lot of action and a lot of sad it's just really dark uh, and there's a lot of them out there like that. Most mm. of your action movies are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You get a lot of shit blowing up, and then your hero gets faced with some big crisis that they have to overcome or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're really not funny. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what sets McTiernan's part. Because he, he there's comedy in Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. even when Arnold's character's having to deal with the fact that he's made up. Yeah. That he's not even a real person. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Bear Grylls.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And, laughs> Nobody knows the inside we'll joke. To, on we'll that. have to explain that
1: sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, and like this one, he's he's cracking jokes while he's running around barefoot through mm-hmm. glass have and he's snaps. gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> I love so love yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. He's definitely got his own, his own stamp that he puts on movies that he yeah, makes.
2: But, right. Um, but also there's like, there's scenes in there that I feel like with anything change would have had completely different um, moods almost. Like whenever he just chunks like 10 pounds of plastic explosive down an elevator shaft, like again, like for someone like Arnold, it would have been that, like, he got minorly inconvenienced. So he's going to level that floor now. Um, or, like, Stallone, there probably would have been, like, a cool moment where he looks away from it, and then, I don't know, something. But, like, with that, it's just, like, he has no other option. He has to get rid of it, so he just, (sighs)
1: whoop! So, no, I don't know. It's just the approach, right? The approach mm-hmm. is different. Yeah. Arnold would have grabbed one of the bad guys and told him, I'm going to stick my throat down, or my fist down your goddamn throat and rip out your goddamn spine and like shoved C4 in there.
0: Gonna ram it in your stomach and break it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Sorry, don't ask me.
1: <laughs> but John McClain looks at it. He knows it's a bad idea. You can see it on his face. He knows this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. He knows that this could end badly for him, and he's just like, fuck it. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that about him. And
1: just does it. Um, Yeah. Like, the approach is different. Like, you get, this is the the everyman approach versus the superhero approach. Right. With Arnold, it's always the superhero approach. Mm -hmm. With Bruce Willis, we got something different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is, is when you talk about action heroes, I don't know that at any point I would have ever have thrown Bruce Willis into that equation. Because he's not a hero. You know, or at least but not in the same way. Thinking, kind of just doing a broad canvas over the genre. There's lots of guys like that, and I think we've kind of touched on this already. Like, again... Many times. If, if we're talking um, action heroes, we've already listed who we feel like our titans are. But then you also have people like um, Kurt Russell, who mm-hmm. you don't necessarily see as an action star either, but goddamn is the dude fu- a fucking badass, you know? And Bruce Willis, Kurt Russell, they're not built mm-hmm. like brick shit houses or have finely tuned bodies or whatever. Mm-mm. Bruce Willis, while in, I would say, still in really decent shape for this film, He wasn't, you know.
2: Or even another bald action beauty that's in, like, a countless number of movies, like Jason Statham.
1: Okay, no. No, Jason Statham is
0: still.
2: But he's not one I hear people talk about all the time. Well, that's because
1: when he was popular, you were too young. Um, <coughs> there was a whole series of transporter movies and crank and stuff like that but he's a martial artist so, yeah and that's the thing he's still
0: okay. yeah he's still got a shtick
1: there's there's a joke in in this one uh where al is talking to the captain or whatever and he was like well you know he can spot a fake id mm-hmm. and the captain says well he could have been a damn bartender for all you know mm-hmm. bruce, <laughs> oh yeah before bruce willis was an actor he was he a was bartender a- <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um,
0: um
1: yeah I, d- I don't know jason statham to me kind of he still has that sort of like i'm i'm not just a normal dude walking down the street i'm some kind of like kung fu badass or whatever yeah i I guess i just haven't seen i feel like those
0: are a different era Mm -hmm. of action film where we're in this show we're kind of covering the ones of our childhoods more or less i feel like you had that whole second wave of action stars go Mm -hmm. through the rock and jason statham and jason momoa and a bunch of guys i don't give a two shits about sorry to that guys depends, but you know th- they tried to, to do the second wave of those guys and they mm-hmm. just didn't hit the same we've we've talked mm-hmm. about that before
1: well the problem with that was is that they either tried to be bigger than arnold or a better martial artist than van damme
2: yeah not happening
1: and that that's basically all of what they brought to the table because that on the kind of on the heels of the big american box office action movies you mm-hmm. got into like uh Like Chow Yun-fat and Jet Li, right when your martial arts stuff got really big there for a while. He is, and I'm, it's nothing against them. I'm just saying that, and then that that sort of second wave of action heroes kind of came on the tail of that, where mm. you know now they're now they're all big, like we're buff, chiseled mm-hmm. guys, and yeah. we all know karate. Yeah. Um. So I, it was just a different. I would say that there's it was only... a different feel. It didn't have the heart that some of the '80s ones did. That's I
0: fair. would say of all these guys, the only person who really bridged that gap between '90s to current mm-hmm. would be Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves is another one of those who kind of went on with the everyman theme, but he's been the only one that I've seen that has managed to go from starting action in the 90s to successfully continuing to do it today.
2: Okay, I appreciate what you're saying, but you're also wrong because there's not even like a year between the start of the first movie and the end of the third over the course of which he has multiple broken bones, he's shot hundreds of times, like... What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, no, legitimately if you look, like, if you look at the <laughs> legitimately, timeline Legitimately, we don't know what sorry, you're talking if you about. Look at the timeline, there is not enough time between the start of the first movie and the end of the third movie. What movie? What
1: movie are you talking about? The John Wick films. Okay, you didn't say that.
2: Oh, I thought (laughs) that's
0: what
1: you were referring to when you said the Everyman movie.
0: I was, but what I was saying was that Keanu Reeves, you know, he didn't start out as an action star. No,
1: he started out as Ted. Yes. (laughs) Ted (laughs) Theodore Logan. Yeah,
0: but then a little movie called Point Break came out and then went into Speed and they started seeing that, hey, this guy's pretty decent and he's He has managed, yeah, but
1: after that he was Neo. Yeah, he did,
0: which is still an action movie. Well, sci-fi action, but still, he managed to not fade away like the other guys did. Mm-hmm. He's that's still true. going strong today. That was my point. Yeah. Well, I, I, he came out of that era and is still going today. Yeah, I well, guess... that's because
1: he and Paul Rudd have the same disease where they <laughs> get, <laughs> they age backwards. They get younger as they get older. Yeah,
0: yeah, but no, I guess
2: I could see that argument about speed. But like past that, I don't think he really is the everyman. Cause even John, like he, he knew all the martial art. I know Kung Fu. Like, I guess. That he I, learned
1: that when he was in the Matrix. I know, <laughs> but I guess
2: like past that, like, I don't, I don't think I can see the Everyman brand on any of his other movies. I, maybe I haven't seen enough of it. Them, but you I haven't. Don't.
1: I think Sorry. you would have to watch Point Break. You're not going to get it from any of his new stuff. Yeah, like you'd have to go. You'd have to go way back, back, yeah. back to when he. As didn't have a Keanu beard.
0: Reeves got griefs got older and Grieves? aged Keanu and, and aged backwards, his powers intensified. <laughs> <laughs> he just got stronger. That's, that is fair. His
1: power level is over nine thousand. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Um,
1: but anyway we're talking about yeah die i was hard. gonna say
0: we're <laughs> supposed to be talking about fucking diehard here and why we love this film
1: <laughs> but uh, it's great i'll go back to my argument before i think that a lot of your 80s action movies like this one they had more heart mm-hmm. than the shit that yes is now yeah mm-hmm. um which sounds crazy everything it did. sounds crazy arnold fought an alien bruce willis takes down like a whole bunch of european supposed to be german even though like there's only two guys that were actually german on this whole thing he
0: clears out a 40 story building yeah. of bad guys. Yeah. Single-handedly.
1: Yeah, but I don't know.
0: Including Asian-hands.
1: I've said it before. Like, they've, they've tried to kill all our heroes where you're- the guy. Now they're all flawed or conflicted or something like that. And, and in the 80s, yeah. it was just like, this is a guy doing the right thing. Yes. Or trying to. Yeah, Truth,
0: in- justice, in the American way. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Well, that was God. Superman, but- <laughs>
2: A real American hero. Yeah,
1: there that you go. That would be G.I. Knowing, <laughs> knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Guns. Guns are the other half of the
0: battle. <laughs> so- <laughs> One of my favorite things about this film, uh, again, is his sense of humor. Um, I love that he gets fucking one-liners, too. He has some really great fucking lines in this film.
1: Yeah. Now, something that I read on, I think it was on IMDb, is that he and uh, John McTiernan had a different idea of the yippee ki line. It was that uh, McTiernan thought it was Yippie Tai Yi or something like that. Yeah. Right?
0: Okay. And
1: so, like, they did test screenings of the two different ways to say it and Bruce Willis one although I don't know why McTiernan would have thought it said differently like if you've ever watched an old western it's Yippie Kaye. yay
0: yeah like, that could just be because
1: we're in Texas yeah <laughs> but like I don't even know why that was an argument I sh- it's, it's it was cuz he was singing it weird that was the No cuz that was like that was I, the source agree, material he was singing. I agree with it. the one liners. Uh, it it's but that's like an 80s staple. And the thing is you he didn't even have, have to
0: say one of the lines. He just wrote it on a dude's fucking sweater.
1: I have a machine gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ho now ho I, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho.
2: Yeah. Um but uh, okay, to be fair, his one liners also have a different energy. It's not it's not um like the freaking the crappy Arnold one liners of <laughs> cool off. Like, it's not... The, yeah, I know. It was a that was, horrible... That was pretty good. Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty That decent. was pretty decent, But yeah. no, it's, it's like his have thought behind them to some degree. Well, and there's sarcasm. If, there. Yeah, even if it's just, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah.
0: Which he loses immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> immediately after he falls on an elevator well.
1: shaft. He hung on to it for he still had it. He had what was it, an MP5 at the end, yeah, like at the very end,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Aiden and I are trying to decide if that was, yeah, the well, we were all he sitting carried. here thinking yeah.
0: about it, uh, yeah,
1: it was an HK, um, <laughs> but uh, but no, the, yeah, the, the one liners are really good, and at no point did he say who brought the whoop ass fajitas, so that's nice. Oh my nice. god. Although Boondock Saints is something we're going to cover. You
0: were just looking for a reason to say that line.
1: (laughs) Every day I look for a reason to say that. Oh, my God. Uh, That serial crusher. Um, (laughs) At some point, we're going to do Boondock Saints. I want
2: to be in for Boondock Saints.
0: So so let's talk about the story a little bit because we have not done that yet.
1: Yes, please. You keep getting off topic.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. I believe you and Aiden have taken the majority of this conversation. Yeah, mom, you've only got seven percent battery on your phone. Oh, okay. It's only me and Dad's phone. It's just went off. <clears throat> Sorry.
1: Get us back on track, Mama.
0: <laughs> so the the story goes is that John McClain is going to see his wife at her uh, office party, and, and mm-hmm. I don't know that it ever says specifically what this company does.
1: I want to say that it was a uh, like electronics of some
0: kind. It almost seems like or a accounting.
1: tech, a tech yeah. company. Well,
2: yeah, I don't know that group. De- I, I, yeah, that group definitely, at the very least, seemed like a calendar. Yeah. The
1: Whatever they are, they were. had what six hundred and fifty million dollars worth of bearer bonds.
0: Yeah, right in a in a safe in a in in
1: safe, which is what they were after. But so we don't know that in the beginning.
0: Wildest parties going on. I don't, I don't know if if he came down just for Christmas, but he I don't know. It didn't make sense to me why he went to her party just to hang out. Out in her office, like seems like he would have went to be with his kids or something. Maybe I think
1: he went just to see her. Yeah, yeah. probably.
0: But at any rate, while he's chilling out, max and relaxing, all cool. Shooting some
1: some b-ball outside of the yeah, school.
0: Yeah, somebody comes to shoot up the school. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, um, hold on a minute. <laughs> But yeah, we, and they're, they're, supposedly they don't want to be known as terrorists so much as just intellectual thieves so much. But yeah, they come in to basically bust and safe to get all this money. And as we see uh, John McClane trying to step up and put the kibosh on this situation, we have more and more and more law enforcement that shows up throughout the film. And with every addition, just they keep seeming to make this situation worse. The
2: upper management kerf. Buffles and idiocy. Only see the audacity. Like, <laughs> well, because first oh, you sorry. have
0: first you have your local PD show up, yeah, and they're not handling the situation very well. Then they get the FBI involved. They handle it even worse. That all the law enforcement apart from Al mm-hmm. are stupid. Yeah.
1: Well, the the theme is that. All the outside people, the ones that are not in the building that are looking at this, want uh, John McClane basically to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. At first, they don't know who he is. They don't trust him. And then when they do it, they're like, well, you know, you're a New York cop and we got this all under control and you just mm-hmm. need to screw off. Go hide. Whatever. We got this. Mm-hmm. They spend the whole movie telling him to keep his nose out of it. But he's the only one who knows what's actually going on and can do something effective.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Meanwhile, they're getting their SWAT team killed. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting their helicopters blown up. At every they're turn, getting, they're screwing up. Uh, the the F- car The FBI screws around And opens the safe For them Where all these Barrel bonds yeah. are hidden
0: Yeah <laughs> I love that moment Which by the way. seemed
1: to be The thing that uh, They were Ro- counting on That Gruber was waiting yeah. On them to do Like it even plays That, uh, that yeah. yeah Beethoven When the safe opens They're like yeah Well they finally got around To cutting the power And it opened for us Great job <laughs>
0: Thanks, Yeah, guys Yeah, but, yeah He's but, like um, Merry Christmas Yeah <laughs> So I, and then that's the thing is that Gruber is two steps ahead of all the yeah. law enforcement. I mean, while John McClane is one step ahead of Gruber, yeah,
2: it just that that, that there's like a Wait. I don't know. So he's therefore three steps ahead of law enforcement. Anyways, uh like I feel like <laughs> sorry. Like Anyways, yeah, me. I know. I feel like the most heartbreaking uh s- scene of this entire movie to go back to the kerfuffles and idiocy of. The uh, law enforcement is the loss of the car. It had no name, it was just the car.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, the big You remember, tank the thing. car.
2: <laughs> Sorry, it's, uh, but. Sorry, I, I, really I was like, where just,
0: were you? You interrupted uh, me and then yeah, you I had nowhere Sorry. to go with that. <laughs> um,
2: one of my what's your point, Vanessa? One of my favorite scenes, though, in that, um, sort of area is whenever that guy calls him an a hole and he just, excuse me? I'm not the one fing up here.
1: Like,. Actually, what he said was, I'm not the one that just got butt-fucked on national television. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Which was perfect. And I loved oh, Argyle's no. reaction and to that. And the chief
1: of police is just like, I can't believe he just said that to me. <laughs> I
2: don't yeah. think he was even the chief. I think they called him the deputy chief.
1: Yeah. Wh- whatever he was. Right. He, he he thought he was the swinging dick down there. And he found out real quick that he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But So the scene with the armored car. They're like, bring up the car. It <laughs> parked.
2: It's so part of the Denny's clearly, down the road.
1: Clearly that thing was not parked in L.A. County because it was like watching Lancelot charge the castle in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They had to drive for 15 minutes to get there. And the part that kills oh me the most is that it took them so long to get there. That these guys had time to mount a pintle to the floor in a window and attach a rocket launcher to it a yeah. shoulder fired rocket they, launcher they
2: had enough time to completely construct a rocket and, launcher and, and mount a
1: brace and then even after the the European terrorists which they weren't terrorists they were bank robbers basically yeah um, this was based on a book and originally they were written as terrorists but they thought that terrorists was too mean and that mm-hmm. uh, the the concept that they were just there to rob the place would make them more appealing to an American audience and
0: yeah. had a problem with that too
1: yeah yeah Terrorist was too aggressive
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: um Um, But anyway, so even after they use a rocket launcher to destroy an armored vehicle, the police down there are still like, yeah, we we still got this. We got this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They got military grade hardware. It's cool. We got this.
0: And each branch of said law enforcement has an antagonist leading the charge. Mm-hmm. There's mul there are multiple antagonists in this film because first of all we have I don't know the actor's name the the guy from Breakfast Club I'll see you next Saturday or whatever you mess with the bull you get the horns guy who's in charge of LAPD or whatever, he's just there to further his career, basically. True and goodness. then you have Robert Dabby, whose name I do remember, who's the head of the or the the ringleader of the FBI. Yeah. And then you also have the guy that has no dick from Ghostbusters leading the press, who is also a piece of shit. This man has no penis. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bro, he gets absolutely decked by a woman half his size and his immediate response is, did you get that on film? Well. <laughs>
1: like, yes, I got that on film. He was, he was being invasive um, from the very beginning. And then he once he finds out who's in there, he, he goes to the house and interviews their children. Yeah. yeah. Like convinces the housekeeper to let him in. Which so is really
0: fucked up. She
1: had every right to hit him. She should have hit him yeah. a couple of times.
2: Yeah. Well, it, Like the worst part of that is like he threatens to call immigration. Like that's the most racist thing I can think of like I don't I, like he was just a,
1: he was the worst person yes
0: he has no dick
1: right and he worked for the EPA <sighs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, it was just funny. It was like you had these different little side plots that were going on throughout the film, but none of them felt irrelevant. They all paid off in some way or another.
1: They were all relevant to the main story, but none of them interfered with the main story. Yes, exactly. They never crossed the streams.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which again, we
1: we made one Ghostbusters reference. I felt like we needed to make another. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I think I think that's just great writing on that part that they could juggle all of these balls and manage to keep them all in the air at the same time without dropping a single one.
1: Right, you got to juggle anyway. <laughs> Shut uh, up.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, that was kind of a trademark of the '80s. Yeah. Your '80s action movies this is when they got the they made sure everything was tied off. Now the mm-hmm. stories weren't always as neat. They weren't always kept as organized as Die Hard was, but mm. that was kind of a thing. They wanted everything to have a little bow on it by the time they got to the end of the
2: movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, you got your happy ending and not in a massage parlor kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay.
2: Um, Sorry, this is another weird thing. We can all agree, though, that the toughest character in this movie was not John McClane.
1: Please tell us who was it.
2: It was the guy who got hung by the neck from a chain for like, (laughs) what, at least five, at least five straight minutes only to rise from the grave at the end of the movie to try
1: and shoot John McClane. You're talking about Discount Dolph Lundgren? (laughs)
0: Yes. Hey, uh, what about Discount Huey Lewis there too? (laughs) God. But... (laughs) whereas the henchmen i would say were pretty i mean they were your henchmen they, they were they weren't anything special
1: they were all stormtroopers
0: but going back to gruber as being one of the most intelligent people or villains to ever be on film one of the mm-hmm. greatest villains to ever be on film i one of my favorite moments was when he and mclean run into each other and his first instinct is to fake stupidity to fake yeah. innocence and put on this ridiculous american accent and pardon i remember the first time watching that thinking oh my god that was really smart yeah
1: well yes it was a brilliant move and it probably would have worked on anyone else Mm -hmm. yes but it didn't work on john that was that was the (laughs) point
0: that i was about to make was he does this thing and you're like holy shit that's really smart and then you realize he's already hip to what he's doing so yeah it's like it just feels like this chess game with with the two of them
1: yeah i mean real realistically he they would have gotten away yeah like you take john mcclain's character out of it like if he had gone to his House instead of coming to Naka Murray Tower yeah. or wherever that was. His
2: wife would have been fine. He would have heard of this after the fact.
1: They would have totally gotten away with it because yeah. there wasn't anybody outside that building that could have stopped Gerber from doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids. He would <laughs> Or have.
2: for that meddling Argyle.
1: Right. No. Cool well, Argyle wouldn't have been there either. <laughs> But yeah, the just I like the fact that it wasn't all about guns and biceps. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, like exactly. There
1: was, but it was interesting watching that because, like I said, this is the first time I had ever seen that part of the movie because I'd never watched it all the way through. So when Rickman throws into his like. Whatever American accent that was (laughs) that he was sporting. Again, partner. And you're like, okay, so this is going to be it, right? We got to be getting close to the end. This is going to be the showdown. Like him and uh, Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis are going to have to fight it out.
2: There's another hour.
1: Rickman's going to try to ambush him, right? Gruber's going to go for a gun or something, and this is going to be the epic showdown. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it zooms in on the directory on the wall, and you're like, holy shit. McLean didn't fall for it. No.
0: (laughs) And the thing is, is he's sitting there fucking with him for like good, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. They're having a cigarette together and you you know that he knows that it's it's him or at least somebody involved right and he's just fucking with him the whole time and it's mm-hmm. just i don't know it's it's crazy what's, i mean
1: what's crazy is that it rickman doesn't know he didn't sell it until right. he pulls the trigger and it doesn't go bang
0: yeah yeah and there's a that, that shot of if he uh has got his back turned to him and gruber hauls out the gun and <laughs> McLean just gets this look on his face like
1: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like he was he was
0: There's waiting the other for shoe. It. <laughs> I I knew it. Yeah. Like he was just waiting for it to happen and it it was just the perfect response. Yeah. So I wanna circle back to again all the fucking abuse he took in this film as well as what we feel like our our favorite John McClane moment moments in the film
2: um so he steps on enough glass to turn his uh feet into a mosaic at that point yeah
0: that blood's not even dripping it is pouring out of his foot yeah like enough that he leaves a pretty hefty trail
2: um, he gets pretty burned by that uh, the C4 explosion down the elevator shaft. It's not like severe, but there's like a pretty bad red spot up on his back for where he turned away from it. Um, he
0: gets the shit beat out of him multiple times yeah. too. Like, he takes a beating.
2: <laughs> so
1: much of that blood is his own. And let's not forget that he did get shot. Yeah. Yeah. And he got actually but Aside from shot. that, it was a lot he just he got his ass whooped. Yeah, yeah, he
0: really did.
1: Like he just got a beat down. Like
0: I felt bad for him through multiple occasions throughout the film. Yeah,
2: well, cause he fell he felt down an elevator shaft with enough force to break something. Like he swung directly into a window pane. Like there was there was a couple moments where It's just pure brute like blunt force, just
0: ugh. So, if you had to pick a favorite John McClane moment, what would it be?
1: Ooh.
2: Would it be national television? Uh,
1: What?
0: Would it be national
1: television? No. Okay. So, I like him crawling through the ventilation. Yeah. That's pretty good. But it's funny. That's not... Mm -hmm. That's not... Action sequence. I like it when he swings down on the fire hose and comes through the window. God damn
0: it. You took mine from me.
1: Um... Because they, they did that one again on Boondock Saints, mm-hmm. uh, the second one.
0: This this one was first.
1: I know it was first. So I everything said, the McManus brothers
0: did, they're ripping off John McClane. just
1: said that. <laughs> they, they copied that, basically. And I don't know. That may have happened in a movie before this one. He might not have been the first one to do that. But it's, it's pretty cool. And they <laughs> yeah. do the same thing, like where they're swinging at it, and they have to shoot the glass to break it so they can go through. And he does mm-hmm. the same thing, like pushes off and then shoots the So, hour. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But then the end of that scene... Where whatever that the the reel I guess that the fire hose is attached to is pulling him back out mm-hmm. the window. Yeah, the look on his face, and like even when he finally gets loose, he's like, I don't know. The acting was great because mm-hmm. you can yeah. see it on his face. He was like, "Huh, oh, that was almost it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost punched my ticket right there. Yeah. I don't know. I guess those are my two.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Aiden? Um, I, okay. As far as just like him interacting with everyone, um, I think that section with with Argyle (laughs) is my favorite at the very start where he's just, "Mm mm-hmm. You talk a lot. Like, just that intro to his snarky behavior and sarcasm. Um, but as far as straight action goes, as far as straight action goes, it's the table. Where he doesn't react like anyone else. He doesn't come out the other end of the table. He just, all right, pop. Like, that's it. Like, like Indiana Jones with the, like, where the guy's like doing the funky stuff with the story. He's like, I
1: don't got time for this. Whack. He shot him. <laughs> yeah. Start, starting with the taint. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Travis chose mine. So, <laughs> but I, I will add on to that, that I feel like it's, it's an iconic shot of him jumping off of that building with the explosion behind him going off at the same time and then swinging into that building. I, I will say that is my number one moment from the film, but I have a runner up and that is the scene where Gruber has taken away his weapon he or, or has forced him to drop his weapon because he's about to shoot his life And he has that moment where he puts his hands up behind his head and he's just kind of cracking up at him. Like, (laughs) Like he's got this maniacal fucking Corey Cunningham look on his face while he's laughing. And then you can see that taped to his back with Christmas tape is Mm -hmm. the fucking gun. I love that scene so much.
1: Yeah, it was his pistol with the last two bullets.
0: Yeah. He only so had, good.
1: There were two bad guys, he had two bullets. And to be
2: fair, that was some S-grade marksmanship, because he puts one between the eyes of a uh, henchman with MP5, and then another Discount one- Discount Huey Lewis. Yeah, and then another <laughs> one directly into, like, the like the upper chest area of did Yeah, but it,
1: didn't, but it didn't kill him, because he no. pulled his wife out the window, like, right. there was the whole, like- <laughs> the last minute jump scare. Are we going to talk about? It's a trick. Get an axe. You know? Yeah, but I just,
0: I just love that moment of him with his, with his hands behind his head, just cracking up like full on Mel Gibson. Do you really want to jump? It was one of those yeah. moments yeah. where he's just kind of cracked. The okay. part
1: about that one that killed me is that Gruber has should should know by now that McClane has been about a half a step ahead of him the whole time. Yeah. So hans was not a dumb guy mm-hmm. so just the fact that mclean just dropped his gun with no real argument and then just like is talking to him yeah and laughing at him he probably should have suspected
2: something he was should wrong. have
1: been like this feels like a setup
2: yeah right um, but
1: he didn't
2: yeah speaking of the ending i guess just as a last note for me i think the background of that scene of hans getting dropped <laughs> ...is one of my favorite... ...or, like, one of my favorites... ...where it's just... (coughs) ...the stunt coordinator told him... ...all right... I'm gonna drop you on three, and then instead of actually counting to three, he let him go on one. It was so that- two. <laughs> no, it was that he let him go on one.
0: No, 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 they said he. it was on two. Was it? Yeah. Like, one, two.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> just that look of pure shock and fear on his face is real, and I think there was a thing that we saw where it was a clip from, like, an interview where he was like, yeah, no, I thought that was it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the count was wrong, I thought that, I was gone. And
0: they saved that to his last day, too, of shooting, because they were like, if we do this at the beginning it's gonna piss him off he mm. might not want to continue to shoot the film
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so the look on Alan Rickman's face when he falls at the very end that's real terror <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that is a real oh god if moment it me that would be the look of a real heart attack
0: <laughs> he looked like he just realized that Gryffindor got all the points all reinstated the points. Someone,
2: <laughs> yeah, someone on set would have died yeah
0: <laughs> But I I think um, Aiden was Even I I, I can't remember which one of you brought it up about how he was just sarcastic and funny throughout. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about, or uh, actually it was me, as soon as he makes his introduction with Argyle and stuff, I told him, I was like, does he not just exude cool from the beginning? Like, he just seems like this very hard-boiled, I've seen and done everything. Just, I don't know. He just seems like a badass from Jump. It's not one where we have to lead up to that. He
2: doesn't grow into the role. He's already there.
0: Yes. Well, I
1: mean, it's it's established when he's on the plane he's been a New York cop for 11 years. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's not that he's, he, he hasn't, he's seen it all, but there's nothing that he runs into that rattles him anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, except for airplanes. <laughs> except
1: for flying. Which apparently, if you walk around barefoot and make fists with your feet... That will fix it somehow, I even though you're not on the airplane when you do it. Yeah, that was such garbage advice.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just an excuse for us to have a lot of Tarantino foot shots in the movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was he was that was a very poor single serving friend. <laughs> It was a poor serving.
2: Yeah.
0: So This is why he didn't get invited to the club. It's like the
1: sugar packet you get and you open it up and you find out it's empty. (laughs) Like it was a defect.
0: So before we close out, we do like to do a little segment where we talk about what this action hero has meant to us through our childhoods. Mm. Um, I guess I'll start. I was trying, I was racking my brain really hard trying to remember what the first Bruce Willis movie was that I watched because the only thing that I remembered vaguely from my childhood having to do with Bruce Willis was Moonlighting and Death Becomes Her. Other than that, I don't know that I really sat and watched one of his movies till maybe Armageddon or The Sixth Sense. I can't remember or uh, The Fifth Element. I can't remember which one came first because we had kind of a Willis Assange in the late 90s or in early 2000s. So um, I can't say that he has held a place for me like the way Arnold or Stallone or Van Andam dam has but i will say that going into this film and watching it for the first time because up until this point i think the most badass i'd ever seen bruce willis be was his character in pulp fiction so now that i have seen this film i have gained what was it you said earlier hmm. like you said in terms of arnold and willis you said i fear arnold uh, but i respect mclean yeah. And I thought that that was right yeah. on the
2: nose. Arnold puts the fear of God into me, but Will—that's a—that's a man. Like, wow!
0: I really, yeah, I feel like he was the whole package. Yeah. So I gained a new level of respect for him and so that just makes it a little bit harder now with the fact that he's retiring due to his condition uh, aphasia is that what you said it was um it gives me a whole nother level of respect for him and his career and and his importance in it so i'm going to be sad to see him go what was your
2: experience
0: dad
1: um i remember him from moonlighting i think my parents watched that and he was was hudson hawk I thought that was Kurt Russell. Was that Kurt Russell? No, I don't have to look it up. But I have seeing him on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Not as a movie. So I think probably the first movie that I remember seeing him in was probably The Fifth Element, and I wasn't watching it for him anyway. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, in The Fifth Element, he basically is playing the same character. Mm-hmm. He's playing John McClane, but in space. Um, space
2: McClane?
1: Space McClane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, it was probably Armageddon. I don't know. I think that's... that's Which he was pretty, also a badass in. Yeah. He was John McClane, the the oil driller at that point. Uh, uh, I was
0: going to uh, say John McClane Space Part 2. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really. It was. But that was pretty much my experience. I don't have like an extensive Bruce Willis library there. Uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, mm-hmm. that was another one, but it wasn't the first one I saw. I really do. I think I think Fifth Element was probably my first Bruce Willis movie. Mm-hmm. So
2: um, so me, since I'm still technically living out my childhood, um, I have fin- finally constructed a cohesive timeline in my brain where I started with Armageddon. After that, because my mom's a horror movie buff, I saw Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, it would have been... Um, God, I can't remember the name now. Pulp Fiction, right. And then last would be this. Um, so overall, I didn't think about him much until I... I got to Pulp Fiction, and I was like, wow, I really like this guy. He's super cool. Like,
0: watch him hack dudes with samurai swords.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the, we don't talk about this. (laughs) Um, But no, and then I watched... Frick, we were like, I'm blanking on the name. We're talking about it right now. Uh, <laughs> die Hard. But and then watch Die Hard. I'm like, yeah, no, this is like, like he's one of my favorite action stars now. Um, And I guess I hope to see the fifth element soon.
0: Yeah. If
2: it's John McClane in space. Space yeah. McClane. <laughs>
0: But uh, uh, circling back for just a minute, he's, Space. he's also done so many genres that mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like he, I mean, even I did hear one reviewer say that basically he's continued to play John McClane his entire career. And I don't agree with that at all. Um, one of my favorite non-movie roles of his was his little short-lived arc on Friends, where he was one of Jennifer Aniston's uh, oh, boyfriends. He was, okay. Ross had a girlfriend that was one of his students and she hap- mm-hmm. he happened to be the father of that student and it his comedic timing like you don't realize how funny he really really is until he's laying on a couch with his head in jennifer aniston's laugh crying his heart out over chicken boy and (laughs) or standing in in front of a mirror looking at his peck saying i'm a love machine like he's he i feel like he's a very well-rounded actor yeah and she fucking gave that up for ashton kutcher yeah it's just sad just sad
2: Is there anything else you guys want to? <laughs>
0: no. But give us your thoughts. Is do you consider Die Hard to be an action movie? How do you feel about Die Hard? Is it one of your favorite action films? Let us know. But next month, I think we have all collectively agreed that we are going to be doing Con Air. Which I am
2: very excited about. Nicolas Cage being like my favorite ever. You're going to wear your shirt? Um, I am absolutely going to wear my shirt. I have to wear my shirt. Like, that's Carefree Nicolas Cage. That's like one of my moods.
0: It's not Nippalus Cage? <laughs> it's
2: not Nippalus Cage. Are there bees involved? There are t- several bees <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Um, but I guess we're, with that, we're all out
0: of bubblegum. So until next time, yippee ki motherfuckers. yippee ki motherfuckers.
2: Bye, guys. <laughs> bubblegum,
1: bubblegum,
0: bubblegum,
1: bubblegum